Hi, I'm Cynthia Kahn, founder of Amuse Now, and I'm here today with James Gordon, GPA, the greatest poet alive. Hey, James. Woo! How you doing, Cynthia? Good to see you tonight. James, what inspired you to start writing poetry for your first book, The Conventional Heart of a Man? Well, I was locked up, and I didn't have anything to do. I was trying to figure out a plan to come out with because a lot of guys had stock options and all that type of stuff. So I said, I need something that would be viable for me. So I was writing poems for fellow you know, inmates and things of that nature. And someone said, hey, my buddy Elwood Pegram, rest in peace. He said, hey, you should write a book. And I was like, nah. And then it started one day, August 27, 2007. I wrote a book in 29 days. The confessional heart of a man. So it was just, and it was just raw. It wasn't anything really scripted out, or it was just raw. Everything that I, baggage I carry with me and such, and I put it down. And the rest is sort of history or whatever, or current history, making history, something like that. <laughs> so what you're saying is that you wrote the confessional heart of a man in prison? Yes, on a prison typewriter. Wow, inspiring. So, who are your poetic influences? Um, first and foremost, Langston Hughes. And then it veers uh, sort of left from there because they aren't poets. Um, then um, 50 Cent, Kobe Bryant, John Cena, The Rock, Ric Flair, all a combination of those things because they're above excellent in each one of their fields. And it all meshes into one persona, which makes up GPA. So mm -hmm. how did you earn the title GPA? Well, I believe in a conversation with God, he didn't want me just to do poetry. He wanted me the best ever. Um, and being the best ever means you're the greatest. And that is what each day when I wake up, during my day, and I go to sleep thinking the same thing, I'm the best ever. So, and then I trademarked the name because it made sense, because it assures immortality. Because so long as there are search engines now, someone's always going to ask, Who's the greatest poet alive? Who is the greatest poet alive? And I'm going <laughs> to pop up. Exploits and everything, I'm going to pop up. Now, basically, what I'm doing is just giving the substance to the sandwich. I got the bread by trademarking the name. Now I'm putting all the meat and the, the vegetables and such in between there. Interesting. Well, I do want to congratulate you on your nomination for a Book of the Year for your poetry collection, The Book of 24 Orgasms. Tell us about that book. Just remember, it's a family show. Oh, definitely. One of the beautiful things, let me clarify for anybody who will be watching and listening. One of the beautiful things about my poetry is it isn't vulgar, it isn't offensive. I don't use expletives. The reason I'm the best is because I can paint pictures with these words better than maybe Picasso painted pictures with his paint. So you won't get any of that, which would be offensive. So answering that portion of it, the Book of 24 Orgasms was basically, basically excuse me, an excursion for me. I was in a celibate marriage, so that was my way of escaping to somewhere else. And I painted these fantasies in the Book of 24 Orgasms, not only for me, but for women who were, getting, who were tired of being bombarded with these crass references to themselves and these scenarios that were just like horrible. And you get, t you get a little tired of that. You can turn on Cinemax or go to your local porn shop or some of that stuff. I wanted to give them something artistically superior 
than what they've been accustomed to. So what you're saying is that you're developing an alternative to the way that women are portrayed in some of the current poetry and rap music? Definitely, definitely. You will see definitely in my, in my poetry that women are, and I'm, I'm, I'm a throwback. I go back to the romantic era of poets where women were courted with poetry. In the conversations, these poets then, they were putting them on pedestals. They were giving praise. They were, they were pulling out these details that another man would look over and accentuating them with metaphors and similes. That's basically what I do. Even in the central scenarios, you get these pictures more so than anything else. It allows the imagination to roam. So yes, definitely. That's a good way of putting that. Well, I'm impressed with that for sure. You decided to self-publish the book of 24 Orgasms. So tell us about the decision process and the process of self-publishing. It made more sense to do that because initially I thought I was self-publishing with iUniverse and it was subsidy publishing. And for anyone listening, subsidy publishing is basically all the rights, most of the rights, excuse me, go toward that publisher. You really don't have too much control over what's going on. Especially if you, and initially on my website, I didn't have a PayPal. So anybody wanted to order a book, they had to go to the, the publisher's website order, and I had to wait for them to give me the uh, benefits, the profits from that. Um, and that didn't, that wasn't swell at all. So in the second book, because it was a chat book, basically, uh, a lot of publishers wouldn't really touch it because it was only 24 poems, which amounted to 28 pages total. total. So I said, okay, I found a local um, uh, exact change press. And I said, hey, can you guys do this? It was minimal cost, um, maximum output. I mean, it was, it was brilliant. I mean, they didn't do any marketing or anything like that, but that was no different than our universe. And all of it was for me. I owned everything. And that just makes more sense. You know, it, all, it honestly makes more sense to do it that way. You know, that's somebody's cutting a giant check, you know, uh, it makes more sense because you're hands-on. Now you control what it costs, when it's going out, how many copies do you need the design of everything. And you just have to tell them, hey, this is what I want. Now I need this many copies printed up and just go from there. So it's actually a hard copy book. It's not an e-book. It's actually all of my books are um, hard copy. I just learned the whole Kindle thing. I was totally against it. And my brother said, you know, don't be against that when it's working for everybody else. But everything else, I, I'm old school in a lot of ways. I'm still catching up. So I like the feel of a book in my hand. You know, Kindle's cool. No, no, no diss at all, but I like the feel of a book in my hand. I like flipping the pages, and that's what I like giving readers who still believe in that, flipping the pages. And you need you need my book in your hand as opposed to just reading the Kindle. I mean, even though a lot of people have downloaded, you need it in your hand. <laughs> I hear you. So basically what you're trying to say is that you send the book out to be professionally typeset and printed, and did you hire your own cover art person specialist, or did the publishing company do that for you? Um, then I told them what I wanted. Up until this last book, um, it was always somebody else. This last book, I do everything is internal. Going in Team GPA, GPA Media Incorporated, everything is internal now. Nothing goes outside of our house. Cotton Campbell, uh, my rhyme partner, soft-spoken poet, a well-accomplished author and outstanding performer in her own right, designs all our covers. She does all it, and she does the 
above exemplary job in doing so. So when we win cover of the year next year, that will be the reason why. Is that mm -hmm. what's is that what's next for GPA? I thought you were releasing a CD of poetry. Uh, that, no, no, that's I'm just naming the awards. When you asked, and I always I'm good for giving shout outs. I love doing that. You got to give shouts out to people with you. Um, next is December first. We release, which is soon to be the CD of the year, G Apocalypse Forever. Is collection of CDs and music unlike any that anyone's ever heard. We're gonna blow people away. It's it's just <laughs> it's just that serious. You know, a lot of the tracks have been videos already on YouTube, and we just put them on CD, and and it's awesome, for lack of better words. Wow. Okay. Well, we met on Twitter, and so tell us. You just mentioned YouTube. How do you use social media to make contacts and to promote your work? You have to. Social media is very prevalent in our society right now. So it would be almost idiotic to go against the grain of using something that everybody else is using. So it starts with Facebook. Um, we connected with Twitter. We use, for me, Reverb Nation. Um, and YouTube, I've always been, from my initial start in 2009, I've always liked the idea of putting a video of mine and, and letting somebody else be able to see it. So now we just, now we've taken these poems and put music to them, and now everybody can see them, and everything's linked together. It's a constant marketing plan. It doesn't cost a lot of money, if any at all, because you can always reach somebody. Like you said, you and I met on Twitter. If I didn't use Twitter, I wouldn't have met you. You see what I'm saying? I, I wouldn't have ran to you and who saw you was doing somebody else's um, interview. That wouldn't have happened. So because that and you network in different ways, like you're able to reach across states, you're able to reach across countries and time zones, all sorts of things. So it, I use it like perpetually. Well, since Amuse Now is about artists helping artists, what advice do you have for writers who are thinking about publishing their own first book of poetry? First of all, if you're going to publish anything, do your research, figure out what works and suits to you. Some people may want subsidy publishing. They may not want all of that um, extra responsibility on them, picking the cover, finding a printer, so on and so forth. And then there are some who may want that, so you have to do your research extensively so you're not in a trick bag, as my dad used to say. The next thing, for anybody writing a book of poetry, you got to understand that you come in at a slight disadvantage and that is urban fiction is the dominant genre especially among my ethnic group urban fiction is the dominant genre poetry by some unless it's spoken word and this is no offense to that or no disparage is looked as the way of conveyance for poetry whereas poetry is the written word so it's looked as almost archaic maybe even dead so you've got to do something extra you've got to come up with a catchy title you do you got to sell some sizzle with it. You got to have make sure your cover's flashy, you know. And you've got to give yourself, lend yourself to the book. You and the book have to immerse themselves in each other. I treat my books like albums, so there's a certain amount of promotion that comes before it, before it even comes out. You already like with Revenge of the Orgasm. I talked about that for months. I, I used a hashtag ROTO on Twitter before it even came out, just so it would be embedded in people's minds subliminally. And that way they were thinking, what's RLTO? What Revenge of the Orgasm? What, what does that mean? And then when it came out, it, was, it, was, it all explained. And then there's a post-promotion um, post after that. But you have to bring a certain intensity to it. 
you know, it, it all depends on what you want to do. If you just want to publish a book, that's fine. If you want to have somebody actually read your work and it, it do some damage as far as profits, then you've got to do some extra. So, and be yourself. Write your own style. You know, there's enough people who mimic styles, but you don't have your own style. Very sage advice. Well, it's been wonderful getting to know you, GPA. We learned so much from your experiences. Sweet. Thank you for this opportunity, Cynthia. I greatly appreciate you and working with my technical difficulties. If you can see my phone, it looks like Two-Face from Batman, so that's probably why we had some um, <laughs> difficulties at first. So thank you for being understanding. No worries there. Well, I hope that if you decide to publish eBooks, that when we launch our e-commerce site later this year, you'll consider adding us to your ebook distribution network. And if you actually are putting your song, your poetry to music, then when we have our e-commerce site, you can also put your music on AmuseNow. Oh, yes. We've linked in. That's why these things happen. It's not just for the interview. There's always something else. And we just found it right there. That is a winner. And we're on Google Plus together, so we can definitely link. Sweet. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. Keep in touch then, and I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate you again. Have a good rest of your evening. Hi, I'm Cynthia Kahn, founder of Amuse Now. This featured artist presentation has been brought to you by Amuse Now Entertainment, a website that enables artists to profit from their creativity. To learn more about Amuse Now, visit us at www.amusednow.com or email me at ccon at amusednow.com.